The telephone number is 416-870-1050. Call in now as we are going to be doing Wake Up Woodbridge. I'm Matthew Cause in for Aaron Karolnik. He's away for the rest of the week and I believe Monday as well. So you're stuck with me. That yes. is Carlo Koliakovo. Yeah. Yes. It is a Step Brothers edition of the show. And if we're sweating, it's because we just came from watching Cops. And yep. again, Carlo, I apologize what I did to your drum set, but I feel it was appropriate. All right. <laughs> it is time now. Chris Diavero, Chris Tw- 20 Fingers, give us the Wake Up Woodbridge sounder. Time to make the call. Now, what's this number? Who making this call? I don't know what's this number. What is this number? Wake up, Woodbridge. Buongiorno. Wake up, Woodbridge. That's right. So wake me up when he's all over. So wake up, Woodbridge, today. Sorry, Matthew. Go ahead. 416 Just throwing out the number again. No worries at all. You're the, the wake-up Woodbridge expert. Me, I'm the neophyte. I like to dip my toe in it every now and then. So I like what the I first, uh, call? Yeah, I like when I see a wake-up Woodbridge. I like there's some new names I haven't seen that are, are that are calling us this morning. And I don't know, maybe we should do like a nice little fun twist with some of our callers. I asked you at the beginning of the show because Cheese is a very popular guy since taking over this position, and there's a lot of people loving the Jeez. fact that we call him Cheese. And maybe a fun thing to do is, and I asked you before the end of the show, you got to give him the name of your favorite cheese that is fitting to him. Should we ask our listeners before they come in, or our, not our listeners, our callers before they come in, what their favorite cheeses are? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm always here for a little HCT, hot cheese talk. So let's get right to it. <laughs> Gee in Toronto. Gee, before, uh, first, thank you for joining uh, Wake Up Woodbridge. Before your question, um, do you have a favorite cheese? And if so, what is it? Yeah, sure, uh, Carlo. I like the provolone or maybe some uh, bocconcini. Or... Bocconcini, buddy. Yes. That's it, Absolutely. That's it. Or cacio, whatever you want to call it. But, uh, yeah, definitely uh, provolone and bocconcini, guys. Nice, good oh, yeah, stuff. Fantastic salad. So, what's your question, sir? Yeah, I just uh, guys, I gotta know, like, what's the love affair with Hall? Like, I, I just, I'm curious, like, if if you're starting, if you're the coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs, who's your starting six? Hall's not in my six. I was watching the game yesterday. I'm just so frustrated with the guy. I'm sure he's a nice guy and everything, but guys, I mean, <laughs> he's always looking down. He's missing his checks. He's not clearing the puck. I know he's got a big reach and he plays a lot of minutes. I'm just curious, who are your top six, and what are your thoughts on how I'll hang up and listen and great show, guys? Thanks, Guy. appreciate Thank the call. Guy. Well, earlier in the show, I gave my top six um, suggestion with pairings, and I think it should go McCabe, Shen, Riley, and Brody, because Brody has been the guy that has been able to have the most success playing alongside Morgan Riley, and it would be Jordano Lilligren. And then you slash in, you fill in Hall on that bottom pairing when it's necessary. Um, that that would be my sixth. Look, there's a lot. Of, for some reason, Justin Hall has become the whipping boy on the back end for, for Toronto. I don't necessarily feel the same way. And I guess it's because I don't have this high expectation for who I, who, who I expect Justin Hall to be. I know who he is. I know what he brings. I know what the coaches see in him. And basically what they see is a guy that just... 
plays a is a big body, plays a simple game, and because of his big body can can bring some physicality to the back end. And he he's gained some trust with the coach because he's a guy he had in the minors and even through his tenure here in the NHL, he's been able to trust him playing big minutes. I think everybody is expecting Justin Hall to play this perfect game all the time, and he's just not capable of doing that. And so because they're playing him more than they probably should, it's exposing him a little bit. I think Justin Hall is perfectly suited to be, you know, a four, five, six defenseman on this team. And ultimately, that's what we have to, you know, come to get used to because that's the way they see him. Yeah, I, I think that's a great lineup pairing that you got there, Carlo. And if he's your number seven, you're in a good spot. I think a lot of people, the expectations got high a couple of years ago when it was the North Division. Justin Hall was great. I remember him shut, helping to shut down McDavid, but he has mm-hmm. fallen from the player that he was then. Last night, is on the ice for a couple goals. Also, the one incredible pass uh, to help set up the Michael Bunting goal. Again, the number 416-870-1050 for Wake Up Woodbridge. We now go to Ed in Coburg. And Ed, before your question, we now get to the dairy-related part of this segment. Favorite cheese? I think I love a good provolone. Wow, yeah. provolone. It's, uh, yes. It's getting a lot of love. It's it is a, a sandwich popular, helper. Popular oh, a good provolone is just that beautiful sour flavor. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I just want to say... Last night was almost a bless you boys game. Joe Bowen, bless you boys. Joe Bowen, bless you boys. Okay, why, why do you say that? Oh, just my wife hit the roof when they won that game last night. She nice. just went bananas. Yeah, it was a beautiful, beautiful game at a playoff what were you, game. What were you doing as a celebration? Playoff game. I was right beside her. I was, oh, yeah, I was cheering. I was nice. cheering. I've been cheering for way too many years, unfortunately. As far as uh, your defense goes, I am head of the uh, anti-Morgan um, Riley uh, committee here in town. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Ed, thank you so much for calling in. Apologizing you are not for No. That's good. No, no, hey, listen, it, it's Morgan Riley. I, like, I get it. And this is not just a leaf thing. Oh, they're Jake Gardner in him. You see this with any team. The defenseman is on the ice the most. And when they make mistakes, it's always going to be exaggerated. It's always going to look bigger just because when a Morgan Riley makes a mistake, we all see it. And I think people maybe are a little bit more upset because, Morgan, the new contract is kicking in, and I think that becomes part of the narrative. I totally understand why people would be upset because, I mean, Riley hasn't had a great year. He still is a very good defenseman. He still is at a point where he can, you know, he can go back to the guy we saw a couple of years ago, but it hasn't been a great year for him. It happens mm-hmm. in sports, and that's sort of where, where Riley is. Uh, let's go to Daryl and Whitby. You are on Wake Up Woodbridge. Are you going to break the streak? Your favorite cheese? Is it going to be provolone? Are you going to go somewhere else? Maybe a soft goat cheese? Maybe a little gray owl? We don't know. Good morning, Daryl. Thanks for joining. Hey, good morning. How are you? Great. Doing great. Parmesan. Parmesan cheese. Nice. Nice little shell of parmesan. Hell yeah. Beautiful. Oh, the best. Um, From watching the game so far, I don't know what your guys' take on it will be, but judging how Morgan Riley's played, and now with the uh, new acquisition of Jake McCabe, would you think that going into the playoffs, 
against Tampa Bay, it would be Jake McCabe and uh, Brody pairing up on the first uh, pair. Um, I, I think – thanks for the call, Daryl. I think um, with uh, the way Sheldon Keefe has – created the pairing right now with Brody and McCabe. He's experimenting with it to see if it's something that he can actually rely on come playoff time. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised considering the trust that he has, that Brody has shown to Sheldon Keefe in the role that he plays as as a defenseman. Um, I think between that pairing or even just the pairing with McCabe and, and Luke Shen, who bring that physicality, bring that hard-to-play-against sort of um, – role that they that they can play with um, can also be used as a shutdown pairing against Tampa because, you know, like I've stated earlier, like if there's a guy that knows Tampa as good as anybody else in the league or on this team, it's Luke Shen. He played on that roster. He played with those guys. He practiced against those guys for two straight years. So, you know, between those three guys, I think any combination of those three guys is what Sheldon Key is probably going to use as somewhat of a shutdown pair in the playoffs. Thank you, Daryl, and also thank you, Daryl, for signaling while turning. Not like anyone didn't hear, you know, your very loud signal as you were uh, turning left or right. We now <laughs> go to Guido in Toronto on Wake Up Woodbridge. Good morning, Guido. Sports thoughts, but of course, HCT, hot cheese talk, favorite cheese. Well, boys, listen, that's the only reason why I called in this morning. Carlo knows uh, there's, there's no hate. Uh, listen. A uh, Nabella Burrata, you know. Ooh. Okay. Oh, nice. Okay, nice you got to go that cheese. way. Yeah, yes. and for every, every day, uh, you know what? I, I know it's Grano Padano. You know what? Uh, we love it on everything, everything. Uh, it, it, you know, maybe they need to rub a little bit of Grano Padano on, on, their, on their sticks sometimes, these maple leaves, might <laughs> Anything will help. Anything. Maybe if they nice. rub a little bit of cheese on them, you know, they can get uh, some of the players to stay away from them because they need help, buddy. They need they, they, all the changes. I know they need to get. I'm not going to buy any, excu- any more excuses, Carlo, about like it takes time for them to fit in and stuff like that. Yes, they all play in the NHL. They all got big contracts. They're all big boys. You know what I see? I see a correlation between Matthews. I know Matthews is hurt. That, he's got to be hurt because that puck is bouncing off of his stick most of the time. Although last night was a nice goal. That's, that's his wheelhouse. We haven't seen enough of that from Matthews this season. I've, you both agree to that. But you know what? Their back end, they're not fast enough along the boards. I'm not going to single anybody out because they're all a bunch of bums right now. All of them on the back end. All of them. All right. We're in trouble, Guido. buddy. We're in trouble. Time will tell, buddy. Time yeah. will tell. Appreciate Guido. the call, Guido. Nice, uh, yeah. nice put it out there. I'm getting very hungry, by, by the way, because I'm just thinking of all the different things I can put on cheese. And I, 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 we should have asked Guido before he got off, but he, he decided to go on a maple leaf rant. But people make fun of me when I order a fish pasta and I sprinkle it with Parmesan cheese. I'm not going to make fun of you at all. Now that that's absolutely delicious. You get a little parmesan there with the, the scallops. Yeah, and, but people say because because sh- you can't put you're not supposed to put cheese on fish, and I'm like I'll put cheese on whatever the hell I want to put cheese on. Damn right, controversial. <laughs> also, you can pair fish with red wine. Boom, hot take. Real Dang. quick, Paolo nice. and Hamilton, last caller for Wake Up Woodbridge. What do you got? Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, you know what? I'm not. I'm gonna. Everybody's pretty well. Uh, 
giving me or taking taking all my uh, all my my props this morning. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say one one thing though. I, I had a little Twitter thing going with uh, Frankie Corrado last night, and I asked him if he could bring in someone from the homeland to do a, a bit of uh, Malocchio for the Leafs because I think Ballard uh, got got our uh, goat right now. Um, <laughs> he said he said he couldn't do it. He says if he had the power, then that he'd still be playing hockey. So I'm I'm, yeah. I'm reaching out to Carlo to see if he can bring someone in. Well, I tell you what, you're on Wake Up Woodbridge. Let's reach out to the whole city of Toronto to see if they can bring in somebody that could uh, take the Malocchio off to the Maple Leafs, if there's one that actually exists. And I guess we'll find out after this playoff uh, series again if there's one that actually exists, depending on what type of result that they get. But, um, you you know, a a nice little, uh, you know, uh, Italian nonna can probably help – fix whatever uh jinx or curse is on us on this team so if anybody's out there has got someone that can help reverse the curse that paulo believes the maple leaf has uh feel or, free to text us in 10 50 50 or of course just rubbing cheese all over the sticks coming right. up on the other side that was wake up woodbridge always appreciate when the listeners get involved senior host of si now robin lundberg is going to join the show there is a lot to get into starting with what the hell is going on with morant and we will we see the memphis grizzly young star again this year coming up next right here on first up welcome back everyone this is first up i'm matthew cause in for aaron karolnik that's carlo koliakovo and I love filling in on days like this because I enjoy hearing him when he's on with the other guys from Sports Illustrated senior host at SI Now. It is Robin Lundberg. Robin, thank you so much for joining the show this morning. No, you got it. How are you doing? We're Listen, we are doing well. The Topic Ferry has been very kind to us with all things mm-hmm. NFL. Uh, the Leafs, a nice win against the Devils. But let's start with kind of a bit more of a bummer of a story, and that is everything with the young Grizzlies guard, John Morant, who was suspended for two games, and now there's a chance it could be 50 after the video footage on Instagram Live of him brandishing a gun at, like, a nightclub. And, I mean... I don't want to do the whole, well, what's going on in his life because we don't know. I think the main, my main thought about all this is is I think we're all bummed out because we're worried this young guy who entertains the hell out of us, there's a chance we might not see him for ages, and it feels like he is risking what should be an incredible NBA career for whatever the hell it is he's doing off the court. Yeah, you know, though, in a weird way, maybe it was a good thing that this happened um, because – when I saw that, that Instagram live with him flashing the, the gun, or I don't know if it was a real gun, fake gun, but wh- whose gun, his gun, whatever the case may be, the, the first thought I had was, what are you doing? Like, yeah, this no cannot sense. be real, right? <laughs> oh, oh, that cannot be real either. Wow, is that is that someone from from Morat's uh, Morant's inner inner circle? We'll get uh, we'll get. <laughs> that's a new enough. one for me. Yeah, uh, we'll, that, you know what? Though, but we all had that same reaction: is what are you doing? Because it's like you are young, you're the face of the league, you're going to get tons of money. You are on a team that could do some serious winning. Yeah. Nike is is you know going to make you I'm one of the faces the, of their the organization. Yeah. yeah, it's like everything is in front of you, and I, I think that's where we all react to. It's like, don't screw this up, because like, like, w- what are you doing? And we, we got Robin Lundberg back, and we're just saying, Robin, just to add to your point, I think most sports fans are like are saying to themselves, 
You have everything going for you right now. Why are you messing it up with whatever it is you are doing? Yeah, and, and, and generally when that's the case, uh, there's probably something else um, yeah. afoot. And, and that's why I said, like, yeah, when I saw that, that, that live, I was like, I can't believe this is real, right? Like, especially on the heels of the other stuff, the, the allegations about assaulting the, the, the teenager um, and flashing a weapon at him and the allegations about threatening a mall security guard and the allegations about a, a red laser being pointed at members of the Pacers staff. Like, it, it, it clearly, like, just all those things on their own were enough to say where, where there's smoke, there's fire. And then on top of that, Josh flashes the, the piece on IG Live. So you've you got to hope that was kind of rock bottom, um, if you will. Um, and and it, it forced the issue because he's, he's definitely not going to play for a while, maybe even the rest of this season. I, I don't know what the exact suspension will be. Um, but most important is that this doesn't ruin – one, his career, and two, his life, right? right. And, and I think you, you hit it when, when you introed me there. That's where a lot of fans are, are and what they're worried about. So um, I, I, I sincerely hope this is a wake-up call for him and that we don't see anything like this again and he can um, address any underlying issues that may be leading to this sort of behavior, um, whether, you know, I, I, I don't want to speculate on what those may be, but I do get the sense whenever I see something like that, it's almost like a cry for help that there were, yeah. were underlying issues somewhere. I said the same thing when I saw it. I was like, how could you be so stupid to think what you did was actually something that is a good thing to represent yourself with? And also, who just... are the people? Also, Carlo, send it up. Uh, and you guys can both comment on this, Rob, and also Carlo, you as well, because I've been a professional athlete for so long. Who are the people around you? Right. Who are the people around you going, you need to stop this. You are in this unique position of the top 1% and 1% and 1% 1% of the athletes in the world. Where are the people around him advising him? Yeah, you know, and, and that's a fair point. And I think that was, you know, the first reaction I had to is somebody's got to have a stern talk with him. But bottom line is, um, when it comes to this sort of thing, nothing's going to change until the, the person involved, the individual, takes responsibility for it. You know, that's, that's the case in addiction. That's the case in, in, in a lot of, you know, different, you know, uh, behavioral um, manifestations as far as how you curtail it. You have to want to do it yourself. And you got to remember some of these guys that are, are around him like being around him in the sense that they're getting, you know, they're getting hit off with, with, with whatever benefits come with being in the, the crew of John Morant, right? So right. that makes it a little bit harder to say, uh, to stand up, and then it did seem like John was kind of flirting with being uh, labeled in a certain way or being associated with certain people, um, and I don't know if those are the people that are then going to say, cut it out, dude, um, yeah. but, it, you know, it does come down to the, the people that really matter in his life saying, cut it out, dude, and it, it really matters what he does, and then let's be real. I mean, the, the people that can probably have the most impact here are the NBA and the Memphis Grizzlies, right. and it does seem like they are taking action. Well, and the, the crazy thing about it, and I don't know how much to read into it, but there was speculation that the Memphis Grizzlies had a team meeting about this, basically saying, you know, we gotta, you know, we we gotta be more mature. We gotta stop doing things that you know we're doing on the road and start focusing on team things and. <laughs> he didn't even get that message. He basically said, okay, I don't care what you say. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And 
5 o'clock in the morning, he's out at a strip club doing what he's doing on Instagram Live. So you ask him, Matthew, you know, who's the, who are the people that need to talk to him? If his own teammates can't get to him, yeah. I think the only way he can learn is you take everything away from him right now and, and let him understand, you know, the impact that, uh, that, that his, his decisions are having. So I, I think this is a, a great opportunity. You've seen the NBA take a leadership role just over the last three years with everything life has thrown at them politically and stuff like that. And I think this is another example that they should set with whatever tone they want to you know, set with, with, with John Morant, with whatever suspension they take, because it'll be a message sending to the rest of the league and the rest of the sports world. Yeah, you know what? It, and it's a delicate balance, right? Because you want to be um, emphatic, but also empathetic with, with what you're doing, um, where you, you want to say that, you know, this is not acceptable in our league. Uh, we, we can't have, you know, this associated with, with us, especially associated with star players, but just a, a part of the NBA, period. And at the same time, we care about you, and we want you to get back and play. And, and you know, fans love watching you, and, and, and you know, the, the, you're the face of the Grizzlies. You were maybe one of the future faces of the league, so we, we do care about you. Um, and, and that's why, I, uh, again, I think it's almost a blessing in disguise because that Instagram Live is, is one, you know, with, with all the other stuff people can say, well, it's just speculation, or right. well, you know, you know with, if he hasn't been arrested, or well, or whatever. You can't, there's no way, this was concrete, there he is, he's doing it to himself. Right. No, you're absolutely right about that. Um, in other NBA news, uh, one of the conversations that's, um, you know, guarding a lot of attention right now is the MVP discussion around Nikolai Jokic and, you know, Giannis and Joel Embiid, who Joel Embiid had a monster game yesterday, but, you know, is Nikolai Jokic the runaway winner for the MVP? Where, where do you what, what what opinion do you have on this? I give it to Giannis. Um, you know the way I think about this, and this goes back to LeBron. Um, when in doubt, when it's close, tie goes to the guy I consider the better player, the best player. And right now, uh, Giannis is probably the best player in the league. You know, after last season, I would have said Steph. Steph has missed so much time this year. Um, so I think Giannis kind of has that, that title right now. Um, Jokic is a great player. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it, it feels like three MVPs in a row. Uh, was he really the, the best player in the league three years running? Uh, would you take him over Giannis? I get why he's going to win it. He's fantastic. Um, and, and I don't think it's criminal or anything. I don't think it's like, you know, absurd. I, I don't think there's any implications to it beyond the fact that that's what people think, and, and uh, but if it were me, if I'm casting my vote, I give it to Giannis. Yeah, and, and I think the bigger point there, Robin, is no matter if it's Giannis, if it's Embiid, if it's Jokic, it's I mean, all of them have have a good claim. No one should be yelling and screaming. Though it seems right now we do a lot of yelling and screaming uh, about who should get the MVP. And you're right, maybe give it to Giannis. I mean. Can't, I still can't forget what he did two years ago against the Phoenix Suns in the NBA Finals. Uh, Robin, I'm curious, uh, are you prepared to live in a world where Daniel Jones and Ryan Tannehill can make more money in 2023 than Lamar Jackson? Uh, well, you know, that's, I, I, I don't really um, <laughs> take that comparison too seriously because the, the Baltimore Ravens would happily, they'd be thrilled, they'd do cartwheels to deliver Daniel Jones' contract to Lamar Jackson. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Daniel Jones barely got paid more than Derek Carr, who got benched for Der- Jared Stidham last year. <laughs> that, the problem with the problem with Lamar Jackson, I mean, it's a lot, but that's what quarterbacks get paid. The problem with Lamar Jackson is he's looking at, it seems, he's looking at that Deshaun Watson bar. So when you're looking at that Deshaun Watson bar, which is like 200-something million guaranteed, and two first-round picks if you're a team, uh, that's, that's, I think, the hang-up with Lamar Jackson more so than, you know, I don't think it's a it's a false equivalency. I would say to to compare yes. Lamar Jackson's situation to those other guys because if he was going to take what if he was going to accept what they were offered, that deal would be done and would have been done a long time ago. Oh yeah, I there's to me there's no there's no way you could compare because the Lamar Jackson one is also on. He doesn't have an agent. He's been injured the last two mm-hmm. years. He's won the MVP, and I think all of this, all the the issues with quarterbacks and contracts. All comes back to the fact that the Cleveland Browns were so desperate to finally get a quarterback of real talent that they were going to do whatever it takes to get Deshaun Watson, who never wanted to be in Cleveland in the first place. All this comes down to the fact that you had one team that desperate and the domino effect we are feeling today. No doubt. Robin? Really appreciate you joining the show. Uh, we could check out the work at SI Now. All the best, and uh, and th- and thanks again. And by the way, you did send out this tweet about I can't believe some Knicks fans wanted Tom Thibodeau fired. As a guy who's been a Knicks fan since John Starks dunked on uh, Michael Jordan, I am loving these days, and I'm also scared to death. Well, you know, look, you should. The Knicks have uh, not had a a good history. Uh, especially no. a recent history, right? So I would savor the moment. I'm, you know, I, I think the state of New York basketball as a whole is pretty good right now. Jalen Brunson uh, showed he's better than a lot of people thought. I, I think that the Nets are actually in a better position long term, having moved on. So uh, you know, Knicks and Nets fans can be a Spider-Man meme from now on. <laughs> Actually, nice. by the way, uh, I forgot to ask you this as we let you go. Robin Lundberg, you can follow him on Twitter, at Robin Lundberg. Huh, very easy Twitter handle. Uh, Robin, the, the biggest question we're asking, I don't even remember how this got started, but 6, 6 a.m. hour, you do weird things. What is your favorite cheese? Our producer, his nickname is Cheese. We've been talking about different ones throughout the show today. Do you have one that stands out? Is there a go-to cheese for Robin Lundberg? Monster, easy. Which kind? Wow. Munster. What the Munster hell cheese. is Munster cheese? I feel like <laughs> I, I, I know the Munsters. What is Munster cheese? I, I feel like a, like, a, like a complete troglodyte that I, I haven't heard of this before. Well, I don't know what a troglodyte is, but M-U-E-N-S-T-E-R, Munster cheese. It's available at every grocery store, man. Wow. Oh, so an Alsa- oh, an Alsatian soft cheese. Oh, that this sounds looks delicious. delicious. Oh, oh, oh. Wow. I, I love it. some of that on some toast. Finally, a yes. soft cheese answer. I've been, I've been tired of all the hard cheese answers. We finally got a soft cheese one. Robin, thanks so much for joining the show. You got it. See you, pal. Yeah. Robin Lundberg. Monster cheese. From- wow. Uh, I think we've probably had it before. I always forget the names of cheeses, so mm. I'm just looking for from the region, the town of Munster in uh, in France, a soft cow cheese. Oh, that looks good. Why is it on all these shows we just end up talking about food and how hungry we are? Because <laughs> it's the morning. <laughs> we're getting, we're so setting true. ourselves up for the for the rest of the day, and I tell you what, yeah. I think grilled cheese is on the menu today. 
Uh, but with grilled cheese, no fancy cheese for me. It is just, it's Kraft Slice. It's just the Kraft Singles. That is the only acceptable cheese for a grilled cheese sandwich. All right. On the other side of the show, we're going to have Amit Mann on. Great job. Covers the Raptors for Yahoo Sports. And we will get into what the Raptors did right to slow down Jokic. Will other teams follow suit? And Scott Foster what the flaming bleep was that? We will do that right after traffic. This is first up on Matthew Cos in for Eric Krolnick. That's Carlo Koliakovo. I want to tell everyone listening, we'll read, we'll do our best, Carlo, to read a lot of the texts on the other side. Everyone has got thoughts on cheese, on grilled cheese. Someone writing in saying, what bottle of wine should I bring for a buddy's birthday? They were asking about decoy Cabernet Sauvignon. Go with the decoy Merlot. They actually, decoy does a damn good uh, Merlot. So that is my suggestion. But joining me now, another suggestion, follow the man on Twitter. Check out his work at Yahoo Sports, covering all things Raptors. Amit Man is joining us on the line. Amit, thank you so much for being part of the show today. Cheese, wine, what are we talking about here? We could do it. We could. Oh, oh okay. Wait a minute. Okay. Uh, what is a be- what is a worse pairing? Stinky cheese with good wine, or the uh, or Scott Foster with an NBA game? Oh golly, Scott Foster, cheese. <laughs> okay, so let, let's get let's get into this for a second. We don't want to do conspiracy theories, but holy lord! Like for people who don't know, Scott Foster. No official. Everybody knows, bro. Every, how is it that this guy still has a job ejecting Scotty Barnes for saying something on the court in that loss of the Nuggets where no player, no official uh, was, was reacting to Scotty Barnes more or less muttering to himself? What the hell was going on there? 28 seasons Scott Foster has been officiating in the NBA. Um, you're right. I don't like doing the whole conspiracy thing like when – you know, we when I see people complaining about the officiating in games, I tend to not even go down that that path because usually there's other opportunities to win games and it doesn't always come down to the final seconds. However, this was a unique case. This was different. This was a case where I could unequivocally say that the officiating was a factor in the result of a game. Um, I, I, I'm still baffled by it when I was watching it. I'm like, wow, this is I've never seen this before in my life. Um, this is really, really, really bad. And this caught the attention of not just, you know, the Denver media. This caught the attention of the entire NBA. Um, and there's been no punishment, no result of it. The last two-minute report had a, a thing about, you know, the KCP being called for a foul that he shouldn't have been, and that was it. So I guess it's kind of like, well, off we go. <laughs> and Scott Foster will continue to officiate in the NBA. All right. Does does he have a, a beef against the Toronto Raptors? I, I believe I read somewhere that the games that he's refed against the Raptors is uh, was there a record that was well, more one sided than the other? Correct me if I'm wrong. If I saw that somewhere, I I don't know, but I do think that he is not uh, one to not hold a grudge. He will hold a grudge. And mm-hmm. Scotty Barnes in that game, he was uh, complaining a lot. He felt like, you know, Nikola Jokic was grabbing, holding, and he probably was, too. It's the nature of the NBA. It's also, you know, Nikola Jokic on the other side, too, is held in grabs. It's basketball. This happens. And so probably I would not be surprised if, you know, Scott Foster, and I hate going down this path because this is not, like, my MO, but for someone like him, 
he might be like, he's playing number four, and you're going to find out why you don't do that with me later on in the game. And here we are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Then we'll go down. We'll go down a, di- a different path with you. You do a great job, you know, putting up, uh, just analyzing the team and doing uh, podcasting and editing and just say watching the game film. Uh, what did you see the other night in terms of what they did with Jokic? I thought they did. I thought I thought OG and Anobi was incredible, and that was one of the le- and again Jokic still had a good game and the numbers were nice and, and all of that but mm-hmm. it seemed like mm-hmm. the Raptors did a better a better job of slowing him down than what we've seen for the last couple months. Yeah, the Raptors defense, it can be very good when it's when it's well structured and everyone's buying into the foundation of it. And OG and Anobi, his job in that case was to pick up Nikola Jokic early because he likes to uh, hold on to the ball, bring it down the court and get everyone flying around his teammates I'm talking about. I'm around the court and he finds them with an array of, of passes. And he was still doing it yesterday, like you said, or the other day. Um, he's like in transition. He was finding guys down the court and the Raptors trans- transition defense was going to be a reason why they're going to lose a game if you know the whole Scott Foster thing didn't happen because of how well they were getting out on the break and Nikola Jokic was a big big part of that. But outside of that, like you're just you're you're deciding which players you are comfortable beating you because with Nikola Jokic and some of the talent that they have on the the Nuggets, you you have to concede something. You can't guard everyone, and I think they were willing to you know concede Jamal Murray. Or let's see if you can make some pull up threes. And he had a great game too, but. That also meant that Nikola Jokic didn't have the ball in his hands. And I think he had uh, close to a triple-double. I think you're willing to, you know, roll with that if it also means that he's not dropping 30 points on you. And so OG, with his strength, he was able to keep him out of the paint. And that is the biggest value of uh, OG Ananobi, how strong he is and how versatile he is, despite not being, you know, a seven-footer. He is unbelievably strong, and he can actually muscle up with some people that are well above his size. The Raptors' next couple games are against the Clippers and the Lakers. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, a ton of storylines there tonight. Kawhi, and then no uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis with the Lakers. I'm curious, um, what for you are the top storylines going into the little California swing by the Raps? Yeah, I think for the Clippers game tonight, I mean, we saw the Raptors have some success uh, scoring against the Nuggets, but they have a different challenge with a team like the Clippers, who do a lot of switching. Um, the Raptors... Fred Van Vliet and Yaka uh, Pearl specifically had success against the Nuggets drop defense and also just them not having a great defensive scheme. But the Clippers, I mean, they've had their own woes lately. I think they've lost, you know, five of their last six games. But um, last the game they had Westbrook a, a effect. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I don't want to. Oh, jeez. That's a tough one, too. But <laughs> that's, another, that's another story as well. But they won their last game. They had this crazy comeback against the Grizzlies. They outscored it by, like, you know, 30 points or 20 points in the fourth quarter, but they are giving up a lot of points. So I'm curious how the Raptors are able to, you know, attack a defense that is going to be a bit more switch heavy, that has a lot of long, rangy, uh, strong forwards, similar to an OG and a Nova. They got Kawhi, they got OG, uh, they got Kawhi, they got Paul, uh, Paul George, they got Russell Westbrook, um, they got a few other players too. So when it becomes more of a, you know, mono-mono, let's, let's see how you can score on our defense. The Raptors historically have struggled with that, where they're not able to, you know, pick a, pick pick apart a defense with um, some mismatches. So that's going to be their struggle. And also on the other end, they got to stop the Clippers, who are still scoring quite a bit. And then with the Lakers game, I mean, they're just a very motivated team right now. And Anthony Davis has been a problem um, for a lot of teams, but the Raptors have had success against uh, against Anthony Davis historically. And with no LeBron James, you could hope that would be a game that they could win. Um, but we'll we'll have to see. 
Ahmet, uh, I was listening to Sam Mitchell on Overdrive yesterday, and he was analyzing this Raptors team uh, from this season, and he said, you know, the impact that, that Jakob Pertl has had on this team has been so significant because it's filled a hole that this team has so desperately missed since mm-hmm. the departure of, of Ibaka and Gasol. And he said if, if Pertl was with this team all season, the Raptors would be a top-six team in the Eastern Conference. Can you feel as confident saying that? 100%. Hundred wow. There's no, there's no doubt about that. And um, it's, it's painful saying that because the, the, the rumors about a Jakob Pertl trade were during the offseason, too. And we were talking about, you know, the team's flaws for a long time now. And even after last season, we went into it like, all right, where are they going to make some improvements? They need a rim protector and they need three-point shooting. And they didn't do either of those. Uh, granted, Otto Porter Jr. Uh, being getting hurt um, has significantly hurt the team because they were relying on him to stabilize, to be like a stable 25 minutes per game player and offer a bit of both of those for protection. And because uh, he played the small five for the Warriors when they won a championship and also obviously his three-point shooting. So that has uh, derailed uh, their bench production a little bit. But Jakob Pertl, he... Uh, he is a connective piece. I'll put it that way. He can he makes everything kind of work for the Raptors when they're playing this aggressive style of defense, which Nick Nurse um, believes is the way that you need to play in today's NBA because the talent is so crazy. You need a rim protector. You need someone who's a bit more mobile, who's a, a seven footer, who can you know get to spots on the court and get to um, get to the rim and just deter shots at a at a degree that a person who is simply six eight six nine can't do it. It's physically impossible. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely say that Jakob Pertl, if he was here all season, there would be a top 16. No question. Wow. That uh, also just screams to the fact that, yes, we love the idea of thinking outside the box, of uh, trying new things. But sometimes being conservative and just having a traditional center, there's nothing wrong with that, is there? Yeah, it's a bit of both, though. I mean, I, I don't blame them from the way that they, they played at the tail end of last season. There was probably a feeling, and I think, most people would have said that they were going to be a top six team at the beginning of the season, right? Yeah, for sure. I did too. Um, But the way the season has gone, it it got to a point where this is where we saw the trade deadline happen is that they're like, okay, so which way are we going here? Are we trying to win or are we going to take three steps back? And they decided we're going to win. And the price for Jacoperto, I think, dropped a little bit. Back then during the uh, offseason, it probably had to include a Gary Trent Jr., for instance, but the price has dropped and so they were able to you know trade Ken Birch and a couple of picks and uh, they were able to get him and trade no one else and and we're going to see how this goes uh I think when it comes to the offseason just to like make this point that regardless of what happens with you know Fred and Gary and OG or whatever Jakob Pertl is here to stay I don't think he's going anywhere as we let you go and again read the man's work at Yahoo Sports um we've been asking every guest your favorite cheese, Amit Man. Again, follow me on Twitter at Amit underscore M-A-N-N. You have to pick one cheese. What would it be? It's so boring, but marble? Is that bad? Oh, no. That's great yes. for charcuterie board. Come on. No, marble's not marble great cheese. for charcuterie board. It is basic. You want some fancy soft cheeses and things like that. Marble? Ah, oh, I'm right, sorry. Fine, right, right, right. I'll give you another one, okay? I'll give you another one. How about brie? There you go. Okay, yes. There you go. Nice brie. Nice. nice. You know what? I, I want to. Nice. I want to apologize. I have dairy shamed you at the end of this interview. Shame on me for doing that. Not in 2023. <laughs> really appreciate. Thank you as always uh, for joining the show today. Happy International Women's Day to everyone. Absolutely, hundred percent.
now I feel like I want to give away the answer from our 8.30 question about um, who uh, another hockey Hall of Famer, another Canadian woman in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Eh, you know, no, that's for people to figure out. But Amit Mann, Yahoo Sports Senior Content Producer, host of the Strictly Hoops podcast. Um, Carlo, on the other side of the show, we'll read some of the texts. We'll do the FanDuel Best Bets, and we'll do all that in a second. That's Carlo. I'm Cause. This is First Up right here on TSN 1050. Welcome back, everyone. This is First Up. I'm Matthew Cause in for Aaron Karolnik. It is time now for my Best Bets, brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Best Bet on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Excuse me. Uh, speaking of best bets, I like the Suns at home against OKC. Yep, the Suns are a 13.5-point favorite, but the Thunder back-to-back -back for them. And the Suns, they might have had that close one against Dallas, but before that, wins of 14-21. and 21. Wraps at Clippers. Jakob Pertl, over 13.5 points at minus 104 on FanDuel. His last five games, 18, 14, 23, 14, 13 points. He's going over that number. And finally, the Vancouver Canucks, they've won back-to-back. -back. They look good against the Leafs. They're at home against an Anaheim team trying to beat Columbus and San Jose for Bedard. It's back-to-back -back for the Ducks. I like the Canucks to win. And as I said, the Canucks have won two in a row. Today's best bets brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more and get your winnings fast when you download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Carlo, that's it. We're out of time. Thank you, for everyone, for uh, texting in. Sorry we couldn't get to all your hot cheese takes. I imagine, Carlo, you're hungry. I'm hungry. A fun show today. Always is with you, Matty. Always is. And, uh, yes, I am very hungry. So enjoy the rest of your day, people. And yes. maybe that involves some nice grilled cheeses in uh, your future. Oh, so oh, oh, oh. on behalf of me and everybody else, see you tomorrow. Ciao. Ciao. Ha-ha. <laughs> wow. Wow, Carlo. It's a lot of money to be Mickey the Mouse. <laughs>